What do you get when two dudes who love Jesus and are masters at going with the flow get together? You get the flow podcast with J-Log and Marcus, where they discuss all things faith, life, and off the wall. Hello and welcome back to Flow. I'm Marcus. I'm J-Log. And uh, we got a special episode today, um, but before we get there, let's open up in word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for your life that you gave so graciously at Calvary Force, Lord. We thank you for watching over us through our day and day-to-day walks with you. Lord, we ask that you guide us and direct us uh, from this day forward, Lord, and doing your will. Be with the listeners, Lord, that are out there today, God, that are struggling, that desire to grow close to you, that, Father, need to know how to walk through life with you by their side and understand that it's okay if they mess up, but to know that they need that close relationship with you to make it through their life. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today's title is Living Today's Life Through the Eyes of Apostle Paul. Uh, which is a great topic. Um, it's probably a topic that a lot of people don't really think about or talk about. Um, but I love Paul. Uh, I don't know about you, but I mean, yeah. Paul was an extraordinary man of God. Uh, and I think a lot of people uh, know he was born as Saul. He spent actually many years killing Christians and uh, pretty much did everything he could to prevent the Christian mm-hmm. uh, um, growth and kind of stop the growth of Christianity. And uh, However, he had an encounter with God and pretty much not only did he change his name to Paul from Saul, um, but he just changed and really did a huge 180 of his Mm -hmm. life, um, in his heart and, uh, immediately started to preach the, preach the word. And, uh, he ended up bringing, uh, many people to Christ, many, many people, to many people to Christ. And I mean, he probably wrote like, it was 16, I believe, wasn't it? Yeah. 16 books of the new Testament. Yeah. Like two thirds of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty big chunk. (laughs) That's huge. Um, but to think about how many books that he wrote, considering, what he did before becoming a Christian and, yeah. and a believer uh, amazes me that, that, and that honestly, that's, I've always said that when I die, obviously I want to go, I'm going to hang out with Jesus for a few hundred years, but uh-huh. oh, the apostle Paul is somebody I cannot wait to tackle right? just because he's outside of Jesus. He's my favorite person in the Bible. Uh, yeah. I reflect with him so well from a standpoint of Paul was no different than I was. Mm-hmm. He was a normal, everyday person that lived life according to the way that he thought was best, uh, lived life for himself, for these beliefs and other gods, and hated Christianity and hated the idea of this Jesus cat that was here. And he didn't just mock or beat down believers. He killed them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, think. Like, it wasn't just like a little (laughs) shotgun here, there. It was... It like, was full out murder. Murder. You you were killed for your belief, <laughs> yeah. and he orchestrated a lot of that. Exactly. Um, but I mean, but just with that statement right there, like he is a prime example of someone who has a heart on fire for God um, and a heart to serve His Lord. Right. Um, so when we answer this, not answer this question, but talk about living today's life through His eyes, um, like there are so many things that we can learn from Paul mm-hmm. and see from Paul. And I'm, I guarantee you we're probably not going to talk about every single one of those today. Right. Um, but we're going to probably hit a few few chunks of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, like the first one that I think of is like God can use anybody. Absolutely. You know, like here we have uh, a person who 
was killing Christians, mm-hmm. who is now leading people to the person that he was killing for. Exactly. So that to me was just amazing. Just if you stop and think about it, he killed people for loving Jesus. And then he died leading people to Jesus. Yeah. Which if you think about it, it kind of makes us kind of difficult to think about why did he choose this guy? You mm-hmm. know, because like you, like we already said, I mean, he, he was murdering, murdering other people. Um, and we, we don't deserve seconds or thirds or hundreds, but God gives us those chances. Right. Um, and yet God was willing to say, Hey, here's your next chance. Mm-hmm. Let's change and do something great. Uh, Cause the fact of the matter is God cares about everybody. All right. Let's, let's talk about it real quick. Kind of leading up to kind of, for those of y'all that may not know about the apostle Paul. Yeah. Uh, again, Marcus stated it briefly. He was Saul of Tarsus, killed Christians for believing in Jesus. Yep. Uh, he was on his road on the road to Damascus, uh, actually, but for t- for persecuting and finding <laughs> other Christians to kill him. Yeah, and out of nowhere came God and shown Himself to Paul, well Saul, and then <laughs> it was such a revelation that he was blinded, uh-huh. and then there was such a revelation there. And I think we, this is the part that gets me as humans and not that Paul wasn't human, but I mean, as people in our life every day, at some point in time, we are faced with that type of a reckoning Uh at some point in time in your life, you've faced and you've been brought face to face and maybe you haven't just yet. Maybe now is not your time or before wasn't your time, but maybe now listening to this is your time Mm -hmm. to where you're faced with that situation to where God reveals himself to you through his love, through others that it just smacks you in the face. And think about how powerful that had to be because Saul, Uh, it wasn't like he had somewhat feelings for God. Mm -hmm. He completely hated Christians. Oh yeah. He was right. I mean, he was going to kill them. So it didn't like he flirted back and forth with this idea of, eh, they're okay. They're not Okay. No, he hated us. And I, I think about that moment where God revealed himself to Paul. Mm-hmm. How big of an impact that had to be to completely change the heart of somebody that was so hardened. Mm-hmm. And then I think of myself or you or anybody else that, like you said a minute ago, the multiple chances that we get. It's just amazing. Oh, yeah, because I mean... And I mean, because if, if someone, if God can use someone like Paul to do what he's done, you know, do that much good and that much work for him, like that should be encouragement to us that he can still use us. Because I mean, we're not out here killing people like no, Paul was, but right. yet, you know, we're, we're horrible in our own ways mm-hmm. of knowing that we're not perfect, that we're not um, sinless. Um, but yet we always... Now, actually, I want to take this another another way because we always talk about how, yeah, God can use you. But um, sometimes I think we also think, oh, God can't use that person. Like, we judge those. Oh, absolutely. Um, That's you know, a good and, way to look at that. And, and, and we're not we're so quick to say, oh, I'm not going to witness to this person because they're so far gone or um, they don't understand the Christian lingo or uh, they would never fit into the Christian, you know, mm-hmm. quote unquote, stereotypes or whatever you want to be. But 
we need to stop playing God and choosing who deserves to be used by God. Because at the end of the day, he can use anyone. And, and who are we to choose that? Because we're not God. Man, I'll tell you what, that's, that, that hits home. And I'm not ashamed to sit here and look at you and say, as a Christian, you know who's done you wrong in life and you know who hasn't. Uh-huh. And you know who may not have done you wrong, but you just don't like them uh-huh. as a person. And you're like, I'm not going to tell them about Jesus because I don't want them to be there with me. But I, I'm going. That's not the heart and the attitude that God wants us to have. No. And I'd be foolish to say in my life as a Christian if I haven't stumbled in that area and looked and said, that doesn't work well with me. Mm-hmm. But in the essence, what you just said, that's us trying to play the role of God. Exactly. And God calls us to have a heart after Him. And if our heart is to be after Him, that means we are to serve like Him, which means what? Everybody has a purpose. Everybody can serve. Everybody can be saved. Yep. Everybody can serve the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. including that person that doesn't fit your fancy. Exactly. Exactly. Which I think kind of goes into maybe another point of, you know, no one is beyond the saving grace of God. Because, um, I mean, here we have Paul, um, and God was more than willing to forgive him for what he's done. You know, killing mm-hmm. all these uh, Christians and the countless lives that he took uh, for all the bad things that he, he did that maybe we don't know about. Um, but God gave Paul grace and transformed him into pretty much a completely different completely person. Different person. Um, and, and, and like Paul, God can do the same for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we are broken people that can be transformed into new, completely different people by God's saving grace. And at the end of the day, we don't deserve it. Mm-mm. We don't, we don't earn it either. But but yet we don't extend that forgiveness to others. Um, you know, something that I've kind of dealt with recently is forgiving others. You know, being mm-hmm. hurt by others or uh, what it might be, and uh, having to deal with that. Right. Because uh, it's very quick for us to, as soon as we get hurt by somebody or you know betrayed by somebody or um, just maybe misused or um, or abused or you know whatever it might be right. to hold that grudge to pretty much shun them from your life mm-hmm. and never talk to them again and and not have that forgiveness and it's easy to do that but God says no mm. they deserve that forgiveness um, you know we're, we're we're quick to condemn we're quick to to hold grudges and um, belittle others um, but we are called to do what God has done for us to everybody. Um, and, uh, I think we kind of going into the, you know, we're not God. So yes, it's hard for us to do that, but just because we're not God does not mean that we use that as an excuse to get by with saying, uh, oh, this person did this to me. So what I, what I am doing right now is okay. Right. Um, and what I'm going to say, I'm going to say this though, like if you are being hurt by somebody or what another, it's not wrong to feel betrayed it's not hard to have a, a feeling that's i don't want to say hatred but that's kind of the only word i can think of right. a feeling of hate or feeling of um you know betrayed or whatever it might be towards mm-hmm. somebody but at the end of the day that feeling can't stay there mm-hmm. that's where that forgiveness comes into right. play something that i that i look at that i've that i'm studying now uh it's this week in school we're studying a little bit about uh, we were studying about Corinth, um, oh, yeah. and studying about the Apostle Paul and the, the early the Christians of early time in his era, and I tell you what, this world 
is missing right now in terms of since we're speaking of the Apostle Paul is from what I'm learning and reading and seeing sold out Christian mm-hmm. from back in the day of of Paul versus what is today is two different things mm-hmm. in terms of the individual because I'm re- I've read so many different examples so many different stories so many different things that of the people that Paul was a witness to once they were converted into the belief of their heart to realize what Paul was the testimony that Paul was telling mm-hmm. was truth it seemed that there was hardly any wavering now I'm not saying that they didn't mess up that they were sinless because we know that that's not the case <laughs> right. we know that that's not the truth but what I'm saying is is that it seems like we were it seems like today's times we're just not as quick to jump in once you make that decision mm-hmm. to be sold out as yeah. much as they did in the time. So I stop and I think, and I wonder sometimes what would it be like to defend the faith as Paul did? Obviously there's different circumstances. You're not getting stoned to death and you're, <laughs> right. you know, you're not getting beat to death, but what would happen if you stood up at town square in an area when there was a movement going on? or there's a debate, or there's a political something or another, and you profess to do things the way that the Word tells us to do it, how would you be viewed? If you're trying to change the law of what what is according to man versus what is according to the Word, because the Word hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder how Paul would have handled that. And... I mean, I know how he would have handled it. He would have stayed true, and he would have he would have lived his faith, and he'd lived it justly. Yeah. But what would have the recourse be? What What's your opinion on that? What do you think? Um, I don't know what the recourse would be, or the uh, what would happen. Um, I think a lot of things come into play. So I think about, like, I know there's people that go out into colleges and mm-hmm. will uh, get in the middle of the courtyard and you know proclaim the gospel. Um. I don't. I think a lot of people don't do that anymore, um, mm-hmm. because you have to be strong-willed to do that. Um, because I think when that happens, you get a bigger crowd of non-Christians that will rally together and belittle that person, and the other Christians don't get behind that person. Right. Um, and I think that's why it doesn't happen as much now, um, because you know we always talk about unity in in, in Christ and right. you know being unified in the body mm-hmm. um but at the end of the day we we are we aren't um and i say that in the fact of we don't back up each other um i don't right. care it doesn't matter if you're uh baptist or presbyterian or pentecostal or catholic catholic or whatever. whatever at the end of the day being saved is being saved you know whatever theology you mean does not change the the gospel, right? Um, and if somebody's proclaiming that, stand up with them, you know, and don't don't let others rally around them to belittle and mm-hmm. uh, contradict and get behind them and basically kind of I don't want to say shut them down, but pretty much do that. And I think right. that's why. And I, that might be kind of an answer to your question of I think that's what happens because I've seen it uh, at colleges and things and in the in the streets. Um, not necessarily, uh, like they don't get like, you know, physical or anything. Um, I've, I've seen videos like that, but not very often. I see more of the, uh, mockery, mockery of the, of the thing. So, right. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's that's just something to I, I I sit back and I try to think when we when we came up with this topic to talk about I think about how bold Paul was and I think about how he lived his faith with an unconditional love for mm-hmm. others to teach and show them about Jesus and I stop and I think about today with with the with the rioting <coughs> with all the political propaganda that's going on right now, which is unbelievably sick, sickening to think about mm-hmm. uh, the links that people will go to, to try to get off us. Um, what if you had a man that stepped up there and said, I'm running for president. My name's Paul. I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on a cross. I believe that he saved me from my sin. And I believe in leading this country in accordance to the way the Word of God says. He wouldn't get voted in. He wouldn't get voted in. No, <laughs> I mean, and, and that's that, That's the thing. If you look at that, he wouldn't get voted in. And I don't know that he would have got voted in then. But in terms of, well, I mean, what does the Word say? The Word says that the road is very narrow that mm. leads to righteousness. Exactly. So... I don't know that that's, this is ever going to be a popular thing in terms of our salvation, in terms of living it, in terms of being supported, I guess is the best way to put it, in the eyes of the world. Yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, Paul had his priority straight in, in the fact of, because, I mean, he talks about, you know, to live for Christ and to die is gain. Um, you know, and he talks about in Philippians 3 um, that, uh, how everything else of this world is pretty much garbage uh, compared to his relationship with Jesus Christ. And, um, like he, and he knew that nothing else of this world uh, uh, even mattered, I guess, um, because at the end of the day, God was his number one uh, in, Paul, in his life. And, uh, and I don't know about y'all that are listening, um, but that can be a pretty difficult thing to do, especially in our world, uh, because it's easy to put things... Um, in that number one place in our lives, whether it be school or work or family or friends, relationships, uh, pretty much anything that we find important can take that number one spot. But Paul shows us that when it, it's all said and done, the only thing that matters is our relationship with God and that he is number one in our lives. And I think a lot of times we, we forget that part of it. And I think that's also why we don't have a president that goes up there and proclaims what he believes like that um, right. because it's not necessarily that he's not pri- number one priority in their life, but at the end of the day, he truly isn't. Right. There's something else. And that's probably because like you said, said, you know, politics or um, whatever it might be of somebody trying to do mm-hmm. something to get, get to where they need to be um, kind of go to the great lengths uh, can be kind of disheartening sometimes. Um, but, uh, I think I think a question that you can take is uh, and kind of see from Paul is what does it take to uh, to be with God forever, you know, and what does it take to make Him your number one, mm-hmm. um, and that is being sold out completely and not not being afraid of what the world might say, what the world might do, and what uh, the world says is wrong. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think one of the things that he says and he talks about it in this world as Christians that. If you're a believer, you're supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. Yep. And that when you're living your life, you know, I would challenge you listeners that are Christians already out there that 
don't be afraid to live what you say that you are. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of ridicule. Don't be afraid of backlash because it also says in his word that Christ was hated first and he was ridiculed first. He was made fun of. He was battered. He was mm-hmm. he was beat down. And he even goes to say that, so if he was first, you should be expecting that actually. Uh, yep. But what you should also remember from that is, is that he is the redeemer. Yep. He is the comfort. And he is somebody that you can rely on and lie in during these times. So don't get discouraged. Live your faith. Uh, stand strong in who you say that you are because the reward is yours in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, cause, I, mean, cause, I mean, we all know, and like we kind of stated, is we know that Paul recognized the importance of a relationship with Jesus. Right. Um, and he also recognized that the relationship is what will get you into heaven. Um, you know, he knows that there's a difference between knowing something about Christ and actually knowing him in a personal way. Um, uh, I have it right here. Three Philippians three, nine through 10 says uh, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, but that which is through faith in Christ. It's the righteousness that comes from God because I, uh, because of faith, um, you know, and in other words, um, what Paul has, has realized was it was so hard uh, um, or that, that it's so hard for us to understand is that we can't do it on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, our own good uh, works and our merits um, isn't enough to get us into heaven because we're not perfect. We're not going to be, um, you know, that that perfect person that everybody thinks that we have to be. But um, he didn't die for the perfect. He died for the sin, sin mm-hmm. the sinners. Um, good works in the. Uh, is the product of our faith, not the mm. the uh, the price of our faith. Mm. Um, you know, in in Jesus Christ, um, salvation is about a relationship with God. Knowing Him is the goal, not getting or not trying to buy our way to to Christ. It's building that relationship, building the relationship, and building the bond. I mean, it's so amazing when you turn your life over to God and you start reading and you start studying and you start submitting and becoming one with him and his plan and will for your life. I've come to realize that we as Christians in today's time seem to live New Testament forward, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that makes sense to you yeah. a little bit. Even myself looking back, and I'm thinking of Moses, and then you may have to throw in and help me here just a little bit. Okay, It's Moses, and then I believe it was Joshua. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. Yes. And then Samuel, or I believe. Yes. I think so. Yes, I think so. But the point that I'm trying to get out of it is if you remember back through the Old Testament and Scripture, and, and I'm going to do a sermon on this one day. Okay. And Because I, I found it very fascinating. God calls everybody. Are you going to answer? Are you going to listen? He's calling you for a reason. He spoke to Moses for a reason. He spoke to... Joshua, for a reason. He laid out a perfect plan. He said, okay, I got this land for you. It's gonna be, it's the promised land. Mm-hmm. I want you to lead in there. Obviously, we know Moses couldn't go in there because Moses got impatient and he, the rock, the staff, and didn't listen, <laughs> and you couldn't go to the promised land, so on and so forth. But he preached of what it was supposed to be mm-hmm. and why. And then next up, like I said, I believe it was Joshua. That I know that's right. That's, for some reason, it doesn't sound right. But yeah, I believe I that it is. I can't. I, can't I believe that it is. And the point that I'm getting to with this is, 
God left them specific instructions on how to live, mm-hmm. how to how to abide by His word, His law, His command. And if you did so, I mean, what's what I found funny about it is, is that He wouldn't even defy us to say is if you did so, expect a great life. Yeah, I think I think what makes me laugh the most when it, people are like, I don't know how to live for Christ. We have a whole book on it. Yeah, we've got a book. And, <laughs> like, and if you need an instruction manual, here it is. And it's it, it what's funny about the, all these people is, and I don't want to seem like I'm rambling about this, guys, but it's important to know that these guys were told by God to instruct the, his people on how to live, that how God wanted them to live. Yeah, yeah. They obeyed for a while. Mm-hmm. And I don't that's what that's the part that I don't get right now is <clears throat> In today's world, we still have that same word. We still have that same God. We still have mm-hmm. that same instruction. You honestly just hit the nail on the head with it. With what do you mean you don't know? We, we've got a book on it. This yeah. book will tell you how to live your life <laughs> in accordance to the way that God wants you to live. You mm-hmm. have to be obedient enough to listen to it. But yet we throw something so obvious, we're quick to throw it, throw it away. Oh, yeah. And I just don't know if people believe that, you know, the movie All Dogs Go to Heaven. Well, guess what? Everybody don't go to heaven, guys. Nope. And it's a shame that people don't take their faith serious. They think that being good is going to get you to heaven. They think that, mm-hmm. as you were talking about a minute ago, you know, well, I make several donations to my church or yeah. to all the these funds out there. I'm, I'm a good person. I'm, I'm a, I do all these good things. Yeah. I... I serve at the church. I, I mean, I do all these things. Does not matter at all Doesn't unless matter. you're saved. Exactly. Well, what about this? I said a prayer. Well, words don't words don't save you. No, it's a exactly. Heart change. It's a heart change. Thank you. There's, there's no there's no ritual. There's no word special words. Here, there's no... here of late, that's what I've been hearing a lot of myself. Are you saved? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Yeah, I said a prayer. That don't get you to heaven. No. How's your heart? Yeah. What are you doing on a daily basis? Yeah. How are you living your life? Are you living the life that the Apostle Paul preaches about, mm-hmm. that he teaches about? Are you staying steadfast in the Word? Are you following God's instruction? Yeah. Or are you walking through life thinking that God's going to speak to you through a burning bush? Yeah. And not knowing you wouldn't, I'd flip out. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, well, I think another reason why we have a hard time living for Christ um, is um, we hold our, we, we we feel like our past um, is still there, um, you know our our past. But at the end of the day, our past doesn't define us. Um, there's a, a saying, and I don't know who said it, but it's something like um, every saint has a past, but every sinner has a future. Right. Um, and uh, uh, let me, like we've kind of sta- stated. It's pretty clear that Paul had a very dark and mm-hmm. uh, pretty wicked past, um, but he didn't let that define him at all. Um, instead, he grew and learned from it, and it was oh. what transformed him into an incredible man of God. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's Philippians three thirteen where it says uh, that we need to forget what is behind us um, and start going towards what is in front of us. Um, and I don't know if that, those aren't the exact words, but it's something right. like no, that. I mean, you get the just across. Um, but well, one thing to remember is that Satan is not God. He just wanted to be be God, and he's going to use every thing, 
thing that he can. Mm-hmm. Um, so since he isn't God, he cannot see what is in front of us. He can't see the future because that's what God can do. Mm-hmm. The only thing he can see is what we've already done. And right. he's very good at using what we've already done to block us from going to our future. Right. And, um, you know, and he's gotten good at it. Uh, and he's really good at it. Putting the thoughts of, you know, um, I'm too far gone to, for God to use me or uh, I've made too many mistakes uh, for God to love me and put think ideas like that into our heads to mm-hmm. psych us out of, oh, God doesn't want me. Right. Um, however, our past mistakes do not define who we are. Um, the only provide opportunities for us to grow and to learn um, and to, to, to know that God loves imperfect people and mm-hmm. he died for imperfect people. Um, so he will love us regardless. He will care for us regardless and nothing that we can do will ever change that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter if you've killed somebody because I mean, he used Paul. It doesn't matter if you've had premarital sex. It doesn't matter if you've done drugs. It doesn't matter if you lied. It doesn't matter if you've stolen God still loves you. Mm-hmm. And um what yeah. a what a what a perfect person we've got to set that bar for us in the apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. I mean stop and look at that for all of you guys that are out there that think there's no way that Jesus can save me. I've done this. I've had sex every week. I've uh, uh premarital sex that is. Mm-hmm. I've I've I get drunk on a daily basis. I do drugs. I I've committed this crime. I've committed that crime or even I've killed somebody. Yeah. I will even say this. If you if you're listening to this and this is your first episode listening to this podcast, go check out uh, um Cade McGuire's um, Yeah, Caden McGuire. McGuire. Check out his episode in the life change that God did for him in his past. Absolutely. And see what point. he's doing now. Very good point. Very like that, good point. That is exactly what we're talking about is the life change that God still loved him. And yet, look what he's doing look now. Look what he's doing right now. Look what he's doing for him. Paul, if I'm not mistaken, was even present during a, he was a, a Stevens. It was Stephen that got rocked, that got stoned, right? Yes. Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe Apostle Paul was present for that. The best I can remember. Possibly? <sighs> trying to think yeah i'm trying to think that he was because it so. was i've seen you know i tell you what he was but based on based on the movie that i saw that was it was about the apostle paul uh, if i'm wrong in that i'll apologize later <laughs> uh, but but the point that i'm getting at on that is because of his faith stephen was stoned mm-hmm. and there's nothing that any of those people that stoned him because of his faith. No, I tell you what, he was Saul. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Saul. Saul was there. He was Saul. Saul was there. Yeah. Yes, Saul was there. So I stand corrected. Okay. It you're, just, you're technically not wrong. I wasn't wrong. <laughs> it was the same person. So Saul was there. Saul was present. So my whole point in saying all that, guys, is, is this. Though Stephen got stoned because of his faith, the people that stoned him aren't above and beyond God's salvation and and being redeemed. And there's nothing that you have done that can separate you from the love of God once you open your heart to receive him. Yep. But again, that is a complete heart change, guys. That's that's you recognizing that you don't want to be the person that you are. That you realize that your life is in shambles and that you need a Savior to forgive you for everything that you've done to set you on that straight path. 
And once you've done that and you've truly received that, and it's a heart change to desire to do no more what you did do before, then you've been saved. Yep. And I and I'll even take it this step and kind of move forward with that. Of let's say you've had a past and you've gotten right with God. You got God's been working with you, and you don't let your past define you. It's okay if you mess up. You know, I know as, as that as Christians we can be really hard on ourselves of uh, for our mistakes. And uh, excuse me, uh, but and it can be tempting to think uh, if we mess up. Uh, God won't love me anymore. Oh, if we mess up, God won't use me again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've wasted my, my opportunity. Um, but Paul killed tons of people in his past. He tried stop, to stop Christianity. Um, even still, God forgave him. And even in that point uh, from being saved to where he was now, um, I mean, he, yeah, he did not, was it he that denied Christ? Yeah, Paul denied oh. Christ three times. That's Peter. Peter. No, same same letter. Same letter. Dang it. You're good. Um, We're solid. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, he, he did things between when he was saved mm-hmm. to where when he died that was not, not that he killed somebody again, but he messed up. He sinned. He sinned. He sinned. He, f- he fell short. He did the things that you shouldn't do. But here's the difference in that, guys. You're not being condemned for it. Yeah. You have conviction in your heart for it. And the moment that you don't have conviction in your heart for the things that you've done wrong that you know that you shouldn't have done because of who you say that you are in Christ Jesus, then that is when it determines whether you're saved or not. Mm-hmm. Because your desire, though you've done it, you should be tormented by it. Yep. Torment to a point to where you feel the conviction of, of Jesus in your heart saying, that's not what I would have done. Yeah. That's not what I want you to do. You're better than that. And try to fix yourself from it and turn and walk away so that you can be corrected and live life different outside of what you've done. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean, at the end of the day, we're not perfect people. No. Um, but know that if you make a mistake, it's okay. Yes. Um, you know, we live in, we're not perfect people because we live in a world that is sin, in a sin fallen world. Um, and it's impossible for us to be completely perfect. Right. Um, and, uh, um, we need to understand that it's okay to to make mistakes, but mm-hmm. don't get discouraged by your mistakes because God allowed or God allows those to happen mm-hmm. to help us learn and transform and strengthen who we are right. to be better for the next time. Right. Um, and uh, I think that's a lot of a lot of times when we think, "Oh, I messed up because Satan. I messed up because of this. I messed up because of that." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we can easily blame others, but at the end of the day, we choose to mess up. Right. Um, and it's the, it's kind of like sports. You know, if you get knocked down, you know, the best player is going to get back up. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get knocked down 99 times, the, the best player is going to get up 100. Absolutely. Use your example you used a minute ago even. I mean, look at Peter. Yeah. Peter was a man after God's own heart and loved him so much that he was the one that struck the, the soldier's ear. Mm-hmm. In defense of Christ. However, he, he was human and he rejected Jesus three times, even though Jesus told him he was going to do it. <laughs> you know, well, look at that situation even. Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times. Oh, yeah. like, and, you're you're going to do this. And Peter was like, no, no, no I like Lord, never. I would never do it. I would never deny you. And the third time he does it is right in front of Jesus. Was right in front of him. And it was also at the time that he realized it. Yeah. 
and it hit him right in the heart. And he was like, God. And the guy just looks at him and goes, told you so. Told you so. Gotcha. <laughs> you know. The ultimate told you so. <laughs> absolutely. And it's kind of like being a Christian, to, you know, living in, living in life today even, guys. You're doing things that, as a Christian, we mess up, and you keep messing up, and God's telling you that, one, you're going to do it. I mean, he knows your heart. He knows who you are. And you're thinking, no, God, I'm not. I'm yours. I'm, I belong to you. Then you find out that you've slipped and you've fallen again. Yeah. And then how many times is it going to take for you to finally realize that God's looking at you with that same smile, those same piercings that's in his wrists and in his feet, and saying, I did this for you. Mm-hmm. I'm still here for you. It's We don't even deserve one chance. No, and I think... Th- that's where we need to understand that we need to be content in all our situations. Mm-hmm. Um, Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says, um, and it, uh, if you don't know, Philippians is written by Paul. So right. That's why I keep using Philippians. Um, right. But it says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Mm-hmm. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in a, uh, in and uh, in and in every situation, whether we we well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, mm-hmm. I can do all things through Him who who gives me strength. And the secret of Paul's contentment was that he drew his st- strength from the Lord. Uh, he learned to rely on God's promises and uh, and strength to to help him be content in any situation. He knew that God would supply him with everything that he would need. That and that God ultimately knew mm-hmm. what was best for him. I think a lot of times we we take this um, cookie cutter Christian thing and say you have to be this certain way, you have to do this certain thing. Um, but he knew um, that. Uh, I think well, not not he. I think I tend to be the type of person who stresses and worries at times. Right. Um, others are definitely worse than that. But so I know that in every situation, uh, this kind of thing is can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and a hard thing to accomplish. However, I know that God's strength um, is what makes it possible to accomplish those things. And, um, you know, I think when we, uh, just because we make a mistake or just because we have a bad past or just because we're not this perfect cookie cutter Christian um, or if things aren't going our way or if you wish you had this to do do something for God, it's no. Mm-hmm. Use what God has given you now, and He will bless that. Right. He will bless what you're, what He's given you guys. He's God. Y- y'all, y'all need to realize that God doesn't expect the day that you receive Him that you're going to come. That you're going to become this super Christian. That you're going to put on this cape that's got a big C on the back that says Christian, and you've got it all figured out. It's a day to day walk. It's a day-to-day reading the Word. It's a day-to-day learning from your mistakes and having the heart and desire to want to get better from them. Yep. And as you walk down that path and you slip on some mud and you fall in it, you're going to. Don't think that you're not. Yeah. You're going to. Understand that there's a hand from heaven reaching down to pick you up. Understand that there's a God that wants to hold you and love on you and care for you and and tell you that it's going to be okay. 
So don't think that you have this cookie cutter image that you're going to receive Jesus and then all of a sudden everything's going to be okay. Eternally, yes. You're 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 good. Mm-hmm. You're as good as you're ever going to be in life. Hypothetically, you should be living, you know, in all actuality, you should be living a better life. You should have a desire to be a better person and and to live a better life, but at the end of the day, we're all human. We all fall short. You just as a Christian know how to pick yourself back up. Yep. Yeah. I think one thing that sticks out to me about um about Paul is his uh his humility. Um in Philippians three twelve it says, um, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of what uh of that of which Jesus took hold of me. Um I don't I, I don't know if there was anyone that could brag about how on fire they were with, with, uh, for God, mm-hmm. um, of all the good things that they did or, um, the great accomplishments they did, uh, and have done for him or all that they had, they surrendered, uh, for him and accomplished through him. Uh, it probably would be Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Paul recognizes that he still has room for growth. That he, he doesn't let pride consume him. He doesn't let it go to his head. Um, Paul, Paul's humility kind of, um, kind of amazes me really because um, it's something that we can definitely learn and inspire from because it's very easy for us to say oh man uh, when we went on this fishing trip I got seven saved mm-hmm. or you know and boast about that um, but uh, but Paul doesn't do that the thing with Paul is he, he rejoiced as much with the first one as he did with the seventh one mm-hmm. and anywhere in between there was that much excitement um I think that's also showing because I mean he he also cared for people, mm-hmm. um, you know, the way that he cared for others was was very, um, very ed, uh, evident in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he Paul's life and his works uh, make it very evident to us that he he just truly cared for others um, because Paul had a heart for the Lord. He also had a heart for his people and for mm-hmm. those that he came in contact with. That's. That's that's cool because uh, the verse that I was reading here kind of states that it's first it's 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 first Corinthians eleven one, and it says be imitators of me just as I also am an imitator of Christ. Yeah, and that's the way that he lived his life. Yeah, and as much as we talk about, I don't want to give a false presentation to you guys as listeners out there that yes we do mess up. So I don't want to, I don't want you all to get the image that. Well, that's cool. I can get saved, mess up, and everything's good. Jesus loves me. Oh, I'll go. Yeah. I don't want to do that because just as, just as we've just now started kind of going to this side of it is when you get saved, you're called to be Christ-like. Yep. You were called to live your life in accordance to the way Jesus would live. You're going to mess up. He's going to help you through that, but your heart's desire should be to still imitate who he is, and that's what Paul's saying there. He's saying... Be imitators of me, just also, just as I also am an imitator of Christ. Our lives should image what Christ is. And I think that that's why Paul had so much love within him for everybody. Yeah, because I mean, he was a huge encouragement to others. Um, he didn't act as though he was better than them, no. um, but instead he, he fueled his conversation with compassion and, and care. Um, and I think that's important for us to learn, especially in the world we live in today, mm-hmm. um, because in our interactions with others about 
let's we'll just use faith for example right. nothing about it should ever be condemning um but instead of genuine love and compassion for god and his people mm-hmm. um and that really can go just about any conversation um and really any interaction we have with with anybody um that it should show compassion should show love and show mm-hmm. that we care for them right so, i agree um but i think the last thing that i want to share um is Philippians three twenty through twenty one where it says, um, "But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await our Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies, so that they may uh, they will be like His glorious body." Um, and I let, I want to end with that because it's talking about standing firm. We kind of talked about that earlier, um, but the way we stand firm is to keep our eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and we keep our eyes on heaven. And it became, um, it can be become very easy for us to be distracted by just about anything in this world, um, you know, and anything going around us, uh, on around us. But we need to remember that this world is not our home. Mm-hmm. This world is not where we're going to reside res- residence for the, for forever. Um, standing firm means that we resist the ways of this world. Don't get discouraged or lose heart. Um, when you mess up or, um, but instead we continue to press for the Lord and, um, push towards his, his righteousness and, mm-hmm. um, and he, cause he promises us strength so that w- with him, we can stay true and stay loyal and, and just be used by him in ways that we can't even think of right now. Right. I, I agree with that. I think that for me, this, this reminds me that of, the life-changing experience that we experience when we accept Christ. Mm-hmm. A relationship with Christ is to give it all up. Yep. Think about Paul when he was Saul. Yeah. Do you think Paul hung out with the same people as he did when he was Saul? No. Probably not. Probably not. You know, I mean, if so, he'd probably ended up dead too. <laughs> or they were already dead. Or they were, yeah, or, or they were already dead. Uh, but it's, it's finishing the race. It's, it's, picking up your cross and walking with Christ daily mm-hmm. through your everyday struggles, understanding that you bear the cross in terms of, of your life, of who you're supposed to represent and fighting through it to become the better you in him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of one of these things as you think about and as we talk, you hear a lot of pause and you hear a lot of silence and and stuff. For for us, it's for us, and I I know Marcus well enough. I believe that it's not because we don't have anything physically that we're sitting here looking at each other like, what do we say next? What do we say next? I mean, it's for for us, it's it's that you're caught up in the moment of just everything that the Apostle Paul went through in his life. He is to me the ideal of who we should be. Mm-hmm. And for me sitting here and being quiet and not saying anything is me examining my own self and saying, how strong is your faith? How much are you living your life like the Apostle Paul did? Are you carrying love in your heart? Are you loving for others? Are you not being conceited with everything that you've got going on? Taking the time to stop and realize who I need to be in Christ. And yeah. that's just why I love the Apostle Paul so much. That's awesome. And we hope this was an encouragement to you. Um, and like, you know, J-Log said, 
Um, this isn't really to condemn anybody. It's to help you examine the way you're living. Right. Uh, help examine, do a self-examination of what can you do better. Because mm-hmm. uh, Paul is a great example of how to live a Christian life right. um, in a time where it's not the most popular. No. Um, it wasn't popular then. It's definitely not popular now. Um, but what can you do to be an example? Absolutely. His, his heart was such so big. He worried about others so much. Uh, I think back of a story of, and I know we're trying to cut this thing off, but I just keep thinking about just the Apostle Paul and the things yeah. that he did. I mean, if you look back at the church, of Thess- I'm going to mispronounce this, Thessalonica, I believe I said that right. Mm-hmm. He couldn't go there, so he sent a messenger, Timothy, to there mm-hmm. to report back how things were going because it was on his heart. It was a church that he had started, a church that he had built up, and he was so concerned about how it was doing and how his people there were, just his heart. I mean, it's it's his heart, guys, and that's what this is all about, is having a heart for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Not having a prayer that I said, not having anything that I've done, but having a heart for Jesus. And when you have a heart for Jesus, then it becomes a heart of love. Because the Word of God tells us that Christ is love. Yeah. And we'll end it with that. I could keep going on and on, my man. Sounds good. So uh, we hope that you can continue going with the flow. Um, but for today, I'm, I've been Marcus. I'm J-Log. And peace out. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out flowpodcast.org to send in your questions or topics and get your official Flow merch. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok to get your faith life and off-the-wall fix during the week. Till next time, and remember to go with the flow.